Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Radio's football podcast before the box four. I am not Nate Edwards. I am Josh Matica filling in for Mr. Edwards, who's getting some well-deserved time off after the football season. That, on the other hand, is Jaden Lewis. He's one half of our incredible Beat Boys team, giving him the day off from thinking about the woeful Mizzou hoops <laughs> season. Uh, Jaden, how you doing today, my man? Uh, I'm doing great. I can't complain whatsoever um it's been a fun past few months and you know a lot more to come to so i'm doing good i'm doing good right now good i'm glad to hear it man yeah it's been uh obviously we've been kind of luxuriating in what was a really special uh mizzou football season one of i guess the five ten best seasons ever and definitely one of the best seasons in the 21st century and now we're just you know walking through a sleepy uneventful off season, nothing of note has happened. It's just been all roses and thinking about the past. Um, of course, that's not true. Uh, uh, just I think 15 days after signing extensions uh, for both Blake Baker and Kirby Moore. Obviously, the big news this week uh, was that Blake Baker is leaving Mizzou football to take the defensive coordinator job at LSU. He'll be rejoining the coach that declined to retain him. Uh, from the previous staff, mm-hmm. Brian Kelly, and it's now, uh, I, and I assume he's put pen to paper at this point, is now the nation's highest paid assistant coach, uh, $2.5 million, and reportedly Mizzou was willing to at least get close to that, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Jaden, um, walk me through what you were thinking when you first heard the rumors that, because it started, I think, on uh, and over the weekend, it was reported that you know LSU had kind of targeted Baker as its number one candidate. What were you thinking when you heard that first reporting? Um, well, I was kind of I thought it was kind of more um, is smoke the right word because I'm like I've never seen a coach or I don't remember one that signs an extension and then a few weeks later he's leaving. So I was like, oh, this is just rumor. He was at LSU. 
before. So, you know, of course he's a leading candidate, Mizzou, with the season they had. But then when it started picking up steam and picking up more steam, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's going to happen. And, of course, it did happen. So it was it was, it was shocking to me, um, especially because he, him and Kirby Moore both signed the extension. So I'm going in, thinking going into this offseason that they're both going to be back. You know, we don't have to worry about them leaving. But um, he ends up leaving, and he's going back to – Louisiana, and I understand from you know a Mizzou fan standpoint, you kind of have a little betrayal there, but then you look more into why he's possibly going back to LSU, and you can kind of understand. So I'm shocked, but then when you kind of look into it, why he's going back, I'm not really surprised at all. I'm more shocked at the part that he signed an extension here, and then you know he's going back to the place that didn't retain him a couple years ago with the with that regime. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, frankly, I think that's the part of this conversation, specifically the Blake Baker leaving part of the conversation that a lot of people have been caught up on. Um, and really, it, it all comes down to the fact that, um, it, it, I, to me, it's not so much that he signed the extension, because I feel like we have precedent for college football coaches saying one thing and then just doing another thing. Or, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz, even look at him, right? He coached one season at App State, won the Sun Belt, was talking about the future, and then immediately jetted. I mean, extensions mm -hmm. are extensions. It's all about just how much, however much buyout cash you got on hand. I think the thing that people were so caught up on, weirdly enough, was the tweet that Baker put out the day that yeah. he signed the extension of, you know, the Leo DiCaprio in the Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not leaving speech, which, you know, that's bound to get people fired up whenever it happens mm -hmm. it's an annual Especially occurrence for coaches and players yeah right and so who who would have ever thought that tweeting would get someone in trouble but yeah i mean um it's interesting i think even within our staff we've had a lot of different opinions i, I think a lot of people are where you're at um it's hard to fault him for turning down being the top paid assistant coach in the country obviously he's got mm -hmm. family in the area uh he went to Tulane, so he's familiar with the landscape um, I mean, and he had earned uh, he had earned another great opportunity. It was just a matter of whether he was going to take it coming from Mizzou or going um, uh, or going to a place bigger and being the next defensive coordinator there. Obviously, he wants to be a head coach. He said that before. Um, I think Sam had a really interesting take on it uh, in the pour over on Sunday when he mentioned that this makes a lot of sense in the old college football world uh, because the the conversation has been you know he's going back home his family's from there it's great great mm -hmm. opportunity for them but he might be leaving there again in two to three years home is a temporary state in college football um i i think really the thing that got him in most trouble with mizzou fans and certainly there are people i think i think i think it's pretty split people that are happy for him sad to see him go but happy for him and people who are like he's a traitor how dare he? This was snake-like behavior. Um, I, I think really the trouble is that he got so exuberant about the fact that he was staying only to turn around and take the job later. And he had to have known that he was a candidate. So it, it, I, you can look at it as a matter. He signed the extension to kind of put some pressure on LSU to up the ante a little bit. Um, personally, I'm not as interested in that part of the conversation. It's kind of something you can't control. But I do think it's interesting mm -hmm. that the thing that got him in most trouble was he tweeted. The, the lesson from the beginning of the Twitter has been to never tweet, and he didn't follow it. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the biggest thing. We all know how Twitter is. But like you said, that's home to him. I don't, 
And like you said, home's temporary, but I don't think a lot of, especially if you have an opportunity to go back home and help rebuild some, because LSU's defense was not good last year. And if he rebuilds that, you know, back at his home, then that that that's going to mean a lot to him and his family. I mean, we could debate Missouri or Louisiana, which state is better, but, you know, um, but what an amazing job that he did here. I remember that defense in 2021. I remember, I think it was after the Boston College game, I was like, man, they are in trouble because they could not stop the run. And then Tennessee came in the next week and we saw what happened. And I don't think Steve Wilkes isn't a bad coach. I don't think he was. It was just, I think he's more of an NFL fit. But Blake Baker came in here and turned that defense around in 2022, which became the strength of the team. And then in 2023, yeah, probably the best season you've had and probably since 2013, 2007. So, you know, I want people to realize especially the ones that were like, oh, you betrayed us. He did a great job here, especially at Mizzou. So mm-hmm. I think a lot should be celebrated for what he did. The players, of course, came out and, you know, they're like defending him and having his back in. It's college football. It's football. It's a tough business. So these things happen mm-hmm. all the time. If you have coordinators or stuff getting jobs at, we can, we can say LSU is probably a better program. If you have, then something's going right. It's your program. So it's just the way the business is. But, you know, I'm happy for him that he's going back home. And of course, sad that he's going to leave. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I, you know, one of the things that BK always talked about um, when he was on, when he was still at the show, all those all those many weeks ago that BK was still a regular on the show, he would always talk about, you know, if you're a school like Mizzou, and obviously we want Mizzou to be more than what we've historically been as a program, mm-hmm. but if you are a school like Mizzou, when you're coordinators get poached by blue blood programs and let's not get it twisted. LSU is a blue blood program. Mizzou yeah, wants to be LSU. Yeah. 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 Mizzou had its best season. Mizzou had one of its five best seasons ever and they lost to LSU. Right. So even if mm-hmm. the final record swung Mizzou's way, um, if your coach is getting poached by a school like that and they're paying him the most money that any assistant coach is being paid in the country, you're doing something right. You have, he has yeah. left, the position better than when he found it. And you pointed out, obviously, that Steve Wilkes, I mean, who's obviously doing great things in the NFL right now, get it. had a 97. Chargers, I, think. Yeah, I, I hope he gets it, man. He's a great, yeah. he's a really good defensive coach in the NFL. But like you pointed out, it just didn't work on the college level. I want to say the year that he was here, Mizzou had the 97th uh, SP plus ranked defense. Blake Baker comes in. 19th and 14th it it just like immediately it turns into one of the nation's elite units and obviously recruiting had a lot to do with that in the job that Eli Drinkwitz did laying the foundation but Blake Baker took that talent and molded it into something really special oh yeah um but obviously one of the things that comes from losing a coordinator is you're going to see some ripple effects I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, that's the first thing that I thought of whenever it was kind of announced that, he okay, he's going to take this job. I'm like, all right, who who else is Mizzou going to lose? Because you know what's going to happen. There's probably going to be an assistant or two that follows him. Um, this is really what people don't want to hear. It may or may not happen this year or next offseason. 
players might be following him there. He's obviously built a lot of really good relationships with the players and they really like him. Um, what would you anticipate the ripple effects being from Blake Baker moving on? Um, well, if any were to happen, I think you would have to first look at the secondary. I know, I believe Marcus Clark, he played with them at Miami, didn't he? Is Marcus Clark, mm-hmm. he's supposed to come back another year. Um, I believe he played with them at Miami, but, you know, he was the safeties coach, so that's something that you can, um, you're going to have to watch out for. I remember he did a lot of work with them. As a position coach, he did a lot of work with them over the summer. I remember watching and, you know, he's he, so make make some good safeties. And then Missouri has a lot of young secondary t- um, defensive talent. So that was one thing that I thought of um, within a ripple effect. Now, when it comes in terms of assistance, I was looking to see, you know, does Mizzou have any other assistance from, you know, that Louisiana area i know kevin peoples was there the d-line coach if i'm not mistaken he was there mm-hmm. at tulane in 2019 but i don't think their pass crossed at all blake baker's a tulane alum but um i don't really know within the coaching staff but you know within that defense within you know the secondary position that he coached it'll, it'll be interesting to watch i don't know if any players are um more players are planning to leave but um that's that's what i thought of when um thinking about what ripple effects could happen within you know, the roster and the staff. Yeah. I mean, there's been some rumors that our staff has heard that uh, Kevin Peoples might be one of those coaches that Blake Baker is bringing on. It's interesting that you mentioned him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be a big loss for Mizzou. Uh, He was, he brought in last year, Drinkwitz did to kind of work on the defensive line. Um, Obviously the defensive line was a huge part of the defense's success this year. The fact that they were able to build up so much high quality depth, rotate bodies in and out. They've got several guys who are NFL quality um, and Peoples mm-hmm. was able to coach them up specifically on the edge is what he was looking at. Um, and now that's not a given. We don't have anything concrete. It's just something that we've heard as a staff. Um, I don't know that. I think the players are, I'm a little less worried about that. You mentioned Marcus Clark. He would have to sit out another year, I believe, if he were to transfer okay. to LSU and follow Baker there since that he transferred to Mizzou already. Um uh, one person that I thought of immediately was Trey and Greco. We'll talk about him a little bit. Just signed with Mizzou earlier this week. I know, I know that's not what people want to hear. The four-star yeah. uh, top two fifty out safety that just signed with Mizzou is he going to transfer next season? But, um, but Blake Baker was his primary uh, his primary recruiter. Uh, Greco kind of had a, I guess, an ominous tweet the night that the news dropped. It was the day before he signed. I don't want to say I don't want to push the kid out the door. Obviously, I'd love to have him have a great career at Mizzou, but he's someone I thought of. I, I just want people to be aware that when you lose someone as high profile as Blake Baker, it's usually not just the main impact. Usually, there are other smaller impacts that happen after the fact. Oh yeah, for sure, and especially the people that he recruits. You know, he's the guy out there recruiting. And bring people in, and if he builds a good relationship with them, that's just, I mean, that's just sports. They they will probably follow. And if you know if Greco gets here and he's like, you know, kind of miss Blake Baker, you know, they haven't he hasn't played under him, and he wants to go play with them, knows he's built a relationship to him. You can't, I mean, you can't really be mad at a young kid going in doing that. But you know, that's interesting that with um, Kevin Peoples, that you know, that's kind of something that's I don't know, been speculated, rumored, but that's something I would watch out because that D line. Um, so losing a lot of pieces, and you know you're really going to need he's a good coach because he's a good coach that'll transform that defense line. You're going to need that for another year, especially coming up in 2024. Yeah, 
for sure. Well, it's going to be on Drinkwitz to make sure that the the kind of the secondary impacts from Baker leaving are minimized for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I guess my final question on this point on Blake Baker leaving before we go to start talking about his potential replacements, and then we're going to talk about recruiting tonight. We'll talk about um, kind of continued portal activity. Uh, we've, we've got to say goodbye to a few guys who've declared for the draft and welcome back another player who's coming back for another year. How does Blake Baker leaving affect your expectations for the 2024 football season? You know, I gave this a good, you know, I was thinking about this for um, a while, but um, after thinking about it, my expectations for this team hasn't really changed from what I thought going into 2024 after the Cotton Bowl, because first of all, the schedule that, you know, is presented to you next year, the toughest game is what, I mean, the non-conference schedule isn't really tough at all. You get Alabama. That's your toughest game on the road. Okay. Yeah. And then you get what Oklahoma and Auburn at home. I think you got to go to South Carolina. Then you get Arkansas at home. So the schedule really it sets up for you. They're well. going. They're going and, to College Station too. I think that's okay. Yeah, you got to go. I don't, we, that's going. That's not a gimme. Yeah. That's not a gimme. But um, you know, the expectation for this team, I don't think it should change. Of trying to be a top, you know. 15, 12 team getting at the playoff schedule sets up easy. Your offense is still pretty much in terms of offensive firepower intact. You bring back Kirby Moore. And I also thought about when Dave Steckel left in 2014, I believe 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Barry Odom and defense didn't miss a beat then at all. Expect 2015 that season, that deep, the offense was not fun to watch. I remember that yeah. season quite well, but the defense was probably the best it's probably the best defense this century maybe um but i remember him leaving then i thought i thought about this all also with when josh hype left and you know as we played a tougher schedule in 2018 they brought in um Derek dooley but you know the offense still it wasn't bad at all playing a tougher schedule so um I, it doesn't again it doesn't really change my expectations for 2024 i don't think blake baker leaving is going to cause a huge difference in between like winning what nine to 10, 11 games and possibly falling all the way back down to seven. So of course it's going to be, you have a new play caller in there, but um, I don't think it's going to have as much big of an impact as, you know, some people might think it, it might happen, but um, I don't think it's going to be that, that bad at all. Yeah. I think you make a good point about the offense and how that plays into people's expectations. Um, I think really what we can expect is the offense. Yeah, I know they're losing Cody Schrader, consensus All-American. I'm not mm-hmm. putting a damper on that. They're, they're losing some key offensive line pieces. They're also bringing in two really good running backs out of the portal. They got Caden Green. Um, you're returning pretty much all of your receivers, and you're bringing in yeah. more talented receivers. You've got your quarterback for another year. The offense should be improved, as hard as that is to believe. And the defense, you know, I think – One thing that I thought about whenever the season was over was that Blake Baker spent two years building this specific defense, the one that we just spent Mm -hmm. time watching and think about all the pieces that they're leaving. I mean, we're going to talk about it. Both of your, both of your linebackers are gone. You're starting linebackers to begin the season. Both of your starting corners, you're probably your best overall safety, uh, your best overall defensive linemen, pretty much all of your defensive tackles are gone. Um, you're losing a lot of pieces. So at the yeah. very least, what was going to happen next year was going to be regression, right? Even with Blake Baker, mm-hmm. that defense was not going to be what it was this year. 
Now what you're doing, introducing a new defensive coordinator in, there's almost this natural transition point there to where are you going to be as good as you were if Baker was still here? Probably not, but I think the difference is minimal because what you're doing is you're taking pretty much a new set of guys and you're allowing them to adapt to a new voice. Certainly a lot of the guys that are going to be playing on the defense next year played for Baker, uh, whether that's like Drayton Norwood or Tristan Newsom or uh, Chuck Hicks uh, or a lot of the guys that were on the line, but you're allowing them to kind of step into this new role as the guys on defense and then they've got kind of a new general to follow. So I, I think that natural transition point kind of smooths it a little bit, but obviously mm-hmm. who they choose is going to play a big part of it as well. And I think that's where I want to go next is let's talk about who could potentially replace Blake Baker. Um, you know, I think the the thought that we have is that Drinkwitz will want to wrap this up pretty quick. There's still holes to fill in the defense in the portal, and it's hard to recruit whenever you don't know who you're going to be playing for. Um Obviously, I think the night that it was announced that Baker was going to be leaving, one of the first news bits that hit the the wire was that DJ Smith, uh, the co-defensive coordinator, the linebackers coach, the director of recruiting was going to be a, a top name in the search, although Drinkwood said that they were going to search nationally. Um, let, let's just start with Smith right away. Is it – when I think about it, it almost seems too easy – to think that Smith is going to be the guy. He he literally got the co-defensive coordinator title added when Baker was brought on to be the DC. He's been with Drinkwitz since App State. He's added all these titles, linebacker coach. Um, he, he mentored Nick Bolton. That was a big part of what he was doing when he came here as he like coached up Nick Bolton and turned him into really the NFL star he is now. Um, he's one of the big recruiters on that staff. Does it make just kind of too much sense to just be like, Hey, DJ, you're the guy we're taking the co off your title. You get a bigger office. Here's a pay raise, go get mm-hmm. him, champ. Or, or, is, or is that just kind of, is it, um, what is it? What, what's the law of like the simplest explanation is always the best explanation. I'm losing my, my lexicon <laughs> here, but I feel like it's, I feel like, first of all, I feel like that should be, your number one choice right now. I feel like that's it's, it's just natural to promote him. I mean, like you said, he was the co-defensive coordinator. Um, he was he's heavily involved in recruiting, and it just he's been within this program since what Drinkwitz arrived arrived in 2020. So I think mm-hmm. um, that's the most natural transition you can make. I don't feel like there's a very I don't know I don't know if this is the right way to say it. I don't know if there's a very low floor if you do promote him i mean he knows the guys he knows the guys in the locker room the guys in the locker room they probably love him and like you said from his body of work especially at the linebacker position nick bolton tyron hopper you know the linebackers have been you know good these past few years i just feel like that's the best choice you can make and you're not really i don't want to to say like disrupting things i don't know if that's the right word to use also but you're kind of keeping kind of some of the same things within place um, just by promoting DJ Smith. And, you know, he's been Cody for the coordinator linebackers coach. You kind of, he, he, in a way he, he's kind of earned it. He's kind of, he's kind of earned um, to have that code thing t- taken off of him, just be the full-time defensive coordinator. That's my number one pick. I would say it's just more of like kind of a known, um, I would say no commodity. Is that, is that the right word? Cause he, he's yeah, no, he's a known, he's a known quantity. And, he, yeah, he's, he's a known commodity. He's, it, it seems natural. Yeah. I think, the question of 
if you promote DJ Smith, I think it comes down to what you value in this hire, right? So Mm -hmm. here are the pros to promoting DJ Smith. Um, Obviously, it I think it gives a sense to anybody who would want to come work for Drinkwitz. Like, look, this guy stayed loyal to Drinkwitz. He's been with him for five years. He got consistently promoted. And when the time came for the big gig, even though he's never been the guy to call plays, even though like drink was said, you know what? You've earned it. You get the chance. That looks good to other coaches and other grad assistants who want to come for drink to say, Hey, if you stick with him, he will give you the opportunity to do the big oh, thing yeah. on the big stage. So that looks good. Um, obviously he's got familiarity with, uh, with the program and the culture and the roster as it is. You never want to hire a defensive coordinator just to keep players around because that's short sighted, um, as Nate Edwards would say, but it also makes a lot of sense. He would be able to continue probably a lot of the things that the defense was already doing and then maybe introduce some other wrinkles of his own. I'm sure he's got some different ideas he'd love to, to factor into. The other thing to say, too, is if you don't promote DJ Smith, you likely lose him. I, I don't want to assume that, but if you give a guy the co-defensive coordinator role, that's his title, and then when the full mm-hmm. title comes available and you're like, actually we're going to go a different direction you probably don't get him back and i think it's a matter of do you value what he brings to the table overall including his title as the director of recruiting that's his title so we have to big title yeah so do like are you willing to lose what he brings in recruiting to get someone better to run the defense. I don't know. I think, I just think that's something you have to consider if you're Eli Drinkwitz and you're looking at your, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at your options here. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And like you said, he's just been around the program. I think another thing is that if I'm Drinkwitz, I kind of want the player's opinion on this also. Cause I feel like, especially if you're trying to retain guys for their future, what do the players think? Who do they, um, want to play under what what do they think i think that's another thing that's just my opinion that i thought of that should be taken into consideration too and i think that's probably what's done in every locker room in college football but i feel like that hasn't that should be something that heavily that's heavily emphasized and um you know yeah and he's, this is a guy that's been with drink because i just feel like that's probably what's most likely going to happen but um we'll see though we'll see hmm yeah so dj smith i think is obviously um he's number one option for a lot of people and i think you make a good case as to why i think honestly if i had to think about my number one options he might be tied um tied for number one with the next guy on my list he was the second guy that i wrote about whenever i put up the hot board the night that baker announced that uh, mm-hmm. he was going to be leaving uh and that's jim leonard a senior football analyst at the university of illinois A few things to note as we talk about Jim Leonard, as we're recording this, it has been reported by, I would say, less, I would say less reputable voices than maybe some of your national guys or like beat guys on either end, that Leonard is really looking at the uh, Colorado defensive coordinator role. Certainly, um, coach, certainly coach prime needs some help on defense and that would be a good fit for him. Uh, another thing that another thing that I do want to point out, and this has actually happened since we started recording, Jaden, is that Alabama defensive coordinator Kevin Steele is retired. Um, so you've got a huge opening now in the SEC that mm-hmm. Mizzou is 
probably a lot of the guys that were looking at Mizzou as like one of the best openings now have someone else to consider. And, and certainly Alabama is going to have the pick of the litter when oh, it comes to the, yeah. whoever they would. So whoever would be at the top of Mizzou's board, guarantee you they're on Alabama's board as well. It's just a matter of how much they're willing to pay. And it, so just another thing to consider, but Jim Leonard, I think would be a fantastic hire. If he decides not to go to Colorado, if Mizzou can come in, offer him a little bit more money. Um, he's obviously got a lot of familiarity with the Midwest. He spent five seasons as Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, spent some time as their interim head coach. Pretty much every year he was there, they had a top 10 defense in the country, top five scoring defense on several occasions. I mean, if you're looking outside of this current staff and DJ Smith, it, I don't think there's a better option than Jim Leonard, is there? No, not at all. And I remember Jim Leonard... Um, was it the past coaching cycle or two coaches cycles ago? He was getting NFL interest. And mm -hmm. um, he did a phenomenal job at Wisconsin. I don't know, you know, why they ended up letting him go, him or the other guy. I don't know. Because I've watched a lot of Gophers football, and I just didn't like playing them when they played Wisconsin. But, you know, he's a fantastic defensive mind. And I feel like he he's he's the number one option out there. He's just what like you said, he's just doing data or something. Where is he at? Where, where did you say he was at? He's at the University of Illinois. He's a senior football okay, analyst. Illinois. He was hired. Okay. Belima hired him last year. So he's been there for two years. I would imagine he's looking to move on. Yeah, I, mean, I would assume that he would want to be going to call plays. Now Alabama, that is of course, like you said, the top spot. That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But when it comes down to Mizzou and Colorado, do you want to be calling defensive plays in the SEC? You want to call defensive plays in the Big 12? And I know playing with Deion Sanders and going out there to Boulder, that's you know that's that's a great job. But um, if they can make a move to get, <laughs> excuse me, if they can make a move to get um, Jim Leonard, if they don't promote DJ Smith, that would be a home run. That that would be a home run hire for me, in my opinion. It's just a great defensive mind that he is and like you said the midwest ties that he has is going to be great for the recruiting front as well yeah um so jim leonard i think would be a great choice uh obviously a, a huge track record of success he's going to be in tied man so mm -hmm. i would say that the chances of mizzou landing him are less today than they might have been a few days ago yeah. a few names that uh have also come up uh one person in Ruckham nation's twitter mentions the other day mentioned andy avalos he's a guy that has been at boise state for a little bit has crossed paths with Drinkwitz. um he's had some good defenses out there in idaho um but he's also kind of waxed and waned with the amount of talent i, I certainly don't think he would be yeah. a bad option um the guy from virginia tech i'm having a hard time remembering his name he's been mentioned as uh, virginia see. tech they did all right this year didn't they didn't they win a? Bowl yeah, game? yeah. Well, they had they had a pretty good defense last year, um, mm -hmm. but he's been mentioned as a guy. Uh, Chris Marv is his name. He's been at Virginia Tech for two years. Certainly, he'd have more resources here at the University of Missouri. Um, look, I when I wrote the the hot board, someone that I threw out there, I threw it out there kind of because I knew it would get a reaction. Will Muschamp uh -huh. is currently a co defensive coordinator at uh, Georgia. Listen, I get it. Not not the option you want bringing in your head coach, but he coaches elite defenses. He's a great oh, yeah. recruiter. I don't think you could pry him from Georgia because I think if Mizzou came sniffing, Georgia would probably just promote him or give him more money mm -hmm. than Mizzou could. Oh yeah, and they can do that. Plan to offer. 
So, I mean, not the worst option. Personally, one person that I am really interested in, uh, he's someone that's come up on a few boards uh, other than just mine, uh, is Jimmy Rogers out of South Dakota State. Uh, he has heard, been with South Dakota State. Too. Yeah, he's been with South Dakota State for the last 10 years. Uh, he spent one season there as their defensive coordinator. They had the best defense in the FCS. He's currently their uh, head coach. And uh, I want to say that they played the FCS national championship game. Um, they're un- they were undefeated at the last time I checked. Yeah. So did they, win, they, did they played win the national championship. Yes, they, they did one yesterday. They beat okay. um, the Montana Grizzlies 23 to three. So they are the FCS champions undefeated once again, had the best defense in the FCS. Look, it's going to be hard to pry him away from there. He is part of that lineage. He just became their head coach. That's FCS royalty. Mm-hmm. If you go there, you can certainly up his salary and say, hey, man, you want to you want a shot to do this at the big boy level? SEC is where it's at. I have no doubts that he has the coaching acumen to get it done. The recruiting might be where I think he would fall short, but the worst guys to work under on that front than Eli Drinkwitz. So um, oh, I think personally, I think personally, DJ Smith and Jim Leonard would be my tied for number one. And if you can't get either, I mean, obviously you could, could, could get DJ Smith. But if you want to look elsewhere, I think Jimmy Rogers would be a home run hire as well. Maybe not as flashy as uh, Jim Leonard, but certainly I think he could get the job done. Yep, yeah, and you said um, he's he's been there for ten years. That's another Midwestern guy. You would say South Dakota. You would say is the Midwest. But um, yeah, I don't. I think, like I said, it's it's a tough it's a tough business. If you if you throw some money at some guys that they an offer that they can't refuse, um, unless he just wants this, unless he's just all South Dakota State, then he would be. It would be a good hire. Now, this was just kind of like a reckless one I thought of. And it would be interesting if people's leaves and ends up going to um, down at LSU. But you remember from the 2000s, Mizzou's D-line coach, Craig, Coach K, remember him? Oh, my gosh. Craig, coach Cool. Dang, man, you're bringing yeah, up Coach Cool. You, you are bound to get some hot people at, hot in the comments. <laughs> he's at Toledo right now. I think he's an assistant head coach and – D line yeah. or something like that, but that's just that's just reckless. That's just me just throwing one out there. That's a fun one that I thought of. But he's at Toledo, I think, yeah. right now, and I think that's where he may have started. But I don't know if he will be open to coming yeah, back. He's to the, I know he's he was the assistant head coach. He's the assistant head coach and co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach at uh, Toledo right now. Listen, man, Coach Cool knows how to coach him to get after the quarterback. If we want to guarantee mm-hmm. that the defensive oh, yeah. line is going to get after the quarterback, Coach Cool would be um, would be the person to hire. Um, I don't know how he would work with Eli Drinkwitz. You're, you're going to have some real egos going on in that yeah. room. Um, and Coach Cool is certainly a personality. Um, if he would be open to coming back, if, if Peoples were to leave, or, um, certainly I would take him back as a defensive line coach. Uh, defensive coordinator. I don't know, man. Drinkwitz is bold. Uh, so maybe it's something to look at. I, I certainly love that you brought him up for the comments <laughs> that we're going to get. Um, oh, yeah. So you heard it there first. Jaden Lewis's outside the box pick is uh, Coach Kuligowski, Craig Kuligowski, bringing back some memories. But we've talked enough about the defensive coordinator. We're half hour into this thing. Let's let's talk about some good stuff. Let's talk about Cruton. 
who 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 loves talking about recruiting? Everybody. <laughs> um, it's been a big week for Mizzou on the recruiting trail. Uh, obviously, I mentioned a few a few minutes ago that Trey and Dre- Greco, uh, four star safety, uh, committed to Mizzou. And and let me go ahead and start this conversation off by saying this: Greco signed his national letter of intent back on National Signing Day, and this was just kind of like he he was announcing at the All American game. So. Mm-hmm. Certainly he was committed to Mizzou like on paper already. It's not unheard of for guys to ask out of their national letter of intent. If the coach that brought them to the school leaves. So, and, and the thing is, whenever a guy asks you that you say, yes, right. You say like, I'm going to do this now. It was the night before. I certainly don't think he probably had time to process that news. What I'm saying is I don't want to make it sound like, Greco's gone after this year, especially if he doesn't get playing time. He wants to be at Mizzou for more than just Blake Baker. There clearly is a yeah. reason he chose Mizzou over some good schools like USC. So I think it's really good news that Mizzou's getting him on campus. Um, he's going to be a, I think he's going to have a shot at playing immediately. Maybe not like a starter, but some good depth minutes. Um, mm-hmm. He's got that talent. He's a top 250 guy. So great to get him on campus uh, and get his commitment. Adds to a top 25 high school class uh, a few more transfer recruits uh committed to mizzou this week uh st louis native and former new mexico state guy sterling webb he saw action against mizzou during his time in new mexico uh he had uh, i want to say six and a half sacks including four and a half this past season running back nate noel from appalachian state eli Drinkwitz recruited him to go to boone back when he was the head coach there he's been he rushed for over three thousand yards in appalachian state and then earlier today, Mizzou added uh, Harold Blood uh, out of Southern University. He's a quarterback. Um, they didn't tweet about it, so I imagine that's a preferred walk-on situation. Daniel okay. Blood's brother, from what I understand. Um, Jaden, how do you feel about uh, these additions? You can choose one. You can choose the lot. How do you feel about the guys that Mizzou's brought in these last few days? Okay, I'm going to try to go through all of them. Um, so what Greco is, I wonder if he knew, just to start off, I wonder if he knew that there was a possibility of because I'm assuming he's probably been in contact with Blake Baker. I wonder if he knew that there was a possibility that he would possibly be leaving. But um, like you said, it's great for him to, you know, stake a bit to Mizzou. He's, he's very talented on both sides of the ball. And, you know, you talk about death minutes. A lot of Mizzou, a lot of young Mizzou players, especially this past year, played a lot and stepped in and made some big plays. I wouldn't say played a lot, but they made some notable plays. And it'll be interesting to see if he can get – in that mix too also especially in the secondary um de tackled the d-line transfer you know that's an area that you're going to really need to fill because you're losing a lot there and um with the running back from appalachian state that's that's what i'm really fascinated with because of course you're losing cody schrader you're, you're losing my guy nate pete um you're losing your one and two running backs you got marcus carroll and you know watching noel he's a guy's pretty fast and so you gotta have a you gotta have a two good veteran running backs in the backfield. And, you know, that really helps a run game out, especially with the talent that um, you're losing. So that's the one I'm more fascinated about. You kind of have a one-two punch there with um, Carroll and Noel. And, you know, that should be fun to watch, especially with Kirby Moore mm-hmm. in that offense. And him return, Kirby Moore returning as well. So that, that, that's going to be very fun to watch. You have two veteran running backs that played at the FBS level coming in here. Yeah, I I think you summed up pretty well. It's hard to talk about Greco too much just because he's high school guy. We don't know exactly where he's mm-hmm. going to fit in. We, we ideally he 
steps up and plays immediate minutes and becomes a guy that's with you for four years. Sterling Webb obviously is going to be one of those many defensive line guys that are brought in, already brought in quite a few, going to shuffle in lots of bodies, continue that, um, continue that strategy of getting people in, making sure everybody's fresh all the time. I do think Nate Noel is the most interesting person they brought in this week, mostly because when Marcus Carroll committed back at the beginning of the portal cycle, I think everybody assumed, oh, that's the next Cody Schrader. That's the guy. Um, If you look at their numbers, Carroll's had one good year at Georgia, at Georgia, uh, state or Southern state. I think it was state. I think it's state. Yeah. Georgia state. State. My bad. Um, Nate Noel has done it for four years at Appalachian state. Every single year he has been a dude there. Um, Mm -hmm. he, he, I think he's, he's a top 10 rusher for them all time. He's got 18 touchdowns. He's averaged 5.7 yards a carry or yards per yeah yards per carry at Appalachian mm-hmm. state. And you know, you might say, Oh, well that's a Sunbelt program. Look, app state plays some teams. He, he rushed 127 yards, two touchdowns against North Carolina earlier this year. This guy knows how to do it on the big stage and they're, and they're pretty different guys. They're ty- They're different types of runners. Marcus Carroll's much more like Cody Schrader. Uh, maybe he lacks that top end speed, but he's an explosive runner can hit holes, makes decisions quickly. Um, Nate Noel's just a burner, man. You watch him run. He is just like, he's like Tyler Beatty. You're like, Holy crap. That guy can move. So I'm really interested to see where it goes starting. uh, I assume starting in the spring, obviously the ideal that everybody has is like, Oh, you, you need two running backs. But I think that's left over from the Gary Pinkle days as Nate and BK have said a lot. Like Drinkwitz picks one guy and he runs him into the ground and you've got two really, really good options in Noel and Carol. I think that personally is probably the most fascinating competition immediately this off season Mm -hmm. who becomes the next Tyler Beatty, the next Larry Roundtree, the next Cody Schrader, because it's going to be one of those two guys or, you know, it might be someone like Tavoris Jones. So that running back battle is wide open. There's a lot of really talented players going for it. Yep, and it, it is going to be wide open. I thought it was interesting that you said, like, during the Pinkle years, we did see a lot of three-headed monsters, three three different running backs rotating in there. But, like, yeah, that's, that is something. Um, they had Drinkwitz. They kind of just use one running back, and they stick to it. That's what they've done. But, you know, they're two, like you said, they're two very different running backs. And I would like to – me personally, I would like to see – two different running back shoes because it's versatile. It brings different problems for defensive coordinators to plan for. So I would like to see that. We'll, we'll see. Cause Kirby Moore, he's, he's year one. He's still kind of a fresh mind within this program to see how they utilize them more. But you know, that running back competition is going to be fascinating because you're losing two big veterans um, over these past couple of years. But it's, it's fun to see new faces come in, especially ones where you look at what they've done and they come here like, wow, this could, this could be something. It could go left. It could go right. We don't know, but it's going to be something fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously the portal is uh, it's not open right now, but there is a shorter uh, there's a shorter a shorter portal uh, window that's going to open later this spring after spring ball. Certainly, we're going to see more guys from Mizzou enter there. Um, guys who maybe didn't have great springs aren't in line for more playing time coming up this next season. Um, but you certainly can bring more people in during that time. More guys can enter from other schools, obviously. And we know Mizzou is still recruiting the portal. 
Um, Isaiah Hastings, uh, defensive tackle transfer from Alabama. He's going to have four years of eligibility. He tweeted today that Mizzou is kind of one. He didn't say this, but he put a picture of of Mizzou, Syracuse, Illinois, and one other school. I can't remember which. Uh, He's obviously was recruited to Alabama out of high school, was a four-star recruit there. He's a three-star transfer recruit right now. Look, I am am super interested whenever I can get a guy that – got recruited by Alabama because clearly there's some talent there. Um, The question I have for you, Jaden, is if there's one position that you want the staff to still be hitting hard in the portal, what is it? That's an interesting one. Um, The secondary, it's young, but I think they're going to be – I feel like there's a lot of young players in it, but I feel like they're going to be talented. Um, I'm a a big trenches guy. You're losing – you're you're losing Foster – and Delgado. And so, and yeah, I know you got uh, what you call it from Oklahoma. Sorry, I forgot. I, I blink. I forgot Caden his name, Green. but you've got Caden Green. Yeah. You the got biggest recruit Oklahoma. Mizzou's got this offseason. You forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize, Mizzou fans. But, um, you know, that left side of the offensive line, um, I would like that, you know, short up just to have some more confidence in there. Um, and then, of course, beefing up the interior defensive line with all the names that you've lost. Um, all over. So, you know, the trenches is where I would, I would love to have depth and just kind of build up. That's where I feel like, you know, this team can still add some pieces, and that's in my opinion personally. No, yeah, and I agree with you. I would – I think I think the secondary, certainly, if there are any really talented guys out there that want to give Mizzou a look, certainly I don't think they could mm-hmm. – they could use some additional help in the secondary, but I agree with you. There's a lot of young talent there. You're bringing in Toriano Pride. He immediately slots into one of those starting corner positions. To me, it's the offensive line, personally. I think you've got yeah. a lot of good young defend, defensive tackles and ends, and you got some guys coming back. Um, they've obviously already brought in a few. I, they need some more bodies on that offensive line. I know Caden Green's a big get. Uh, I, four of those five spots are probably sewn up at this point, but I would really rather them continue to bring in guys I think the more depth they can have there, the better, because what that's going to do is that's going to elevate someone into that fifth spot. So I would love to see them continue adding guys from the offensive line. Um, and and what we'll end this recruiting uh, conversation with kind of a, kind of an adjacent to recruiting conversation, but personally to me, I think you could argue is the biggest um, addition to next year's roster. And that is keeping someone around Theo Weiss jr. Is coming back. Um, this feels like forever ago that this happened, but it happened the day after mm-hmm. the last recording, which was only five days ago that our that or five or six days ago that the last episode of the show dropped. And the next day, Theo Weiss announced that he was coming back. It had been rumored for a long time. Um, obviously, a lot of news has come and gone since then, so it feels like oh yeah, that's old hat. But I mean, Theo Weiss come back—that's a big deal. That's a big big deal that they're going to have pretty much their entire receiver room back for Brady cook next year. Oh, that it's huge. And in college football, just in football in general, you need more than just one good receiver. Neil Weiss is a good receiver and where he's come. He exceeded what I thought he was going to do this year in my opinion, but he's just been a solid number two receiver, Luther Burns, number one receiver. And then you, and Theo Weiss, it's not only on the field, but he has been a big leader off the field as well. Like he's that's going to be good for a locker room with just his experience, you know, his age, him coming back. It's really going to rub off on a lot of young receivers within that locker room. Zoo's receiver room, it 
it is very talented and they got a lot of players that are going to be great future tigers but you know just him on the field what he's able to do especially down there in the red zone as well it's, it's very good for this team and you just have another leader in that offense um along with guys like brady cook um you know luther burden coming back and so it, it goes a long way you know for your football team just to have someone like back someone like that back in that locker room on that offense mm-hmm. yeah i mean we the opportunity for Weiss to mentor guys like Courtney Crutchfield and Joshua Manning and Makai Miller and um, gosh, uh, I'm, the what I'm Madison, James Madison, James the, Madison. The that's what I was thinking. Yeah, man, the fact that you're going to have Theo Weiss around to mentor, like, so him and Luther Burden, a pair of blue chip five star receiver recruits. Mm-hmm being the stars of one of the nation's best defenses, looking down at these young guys and being like, this is what it's about. This is how you get to where we are right now. That's going to be so good for that offensive room. Um, so I'm really excited to have him back. Um, and Mookie Cooper. Before we wrap, I feel like that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, Mookie Cooper, I think, I, I, to me, having that three-headed, that three-headed monster of burden in the slot, just making dudes miss, Weiss mm-hmm. running the sidelines and being a red zone target and Mookie Cooper being it, like Barrett Bannister, but like he has that, like a, a few extra routes in his tree that Barrett oh, yeah. Bannister didn't have. I, that's going to be immense to have those guys around. You, you add Brett Norfleet into that conversation, all those talented receivers, Marquise Johnson's going to be back for another year. He's, I, he's so good. I would probably put Mizzou's receiver room up against anyone else in the country next year. Oh um, yeah, for sure. But we're coming up on time, Jaden. Uh, before we wrap up, just wanted to cap this episode by saying happy trails to a few of our favorite Mizzou Tigers. Uh, a few guys have announced that they are not going to be returning next year. Some have exhausted their eligibility, but several had maybe one more year to play. Niles Gaddy uh, is headed to the NFL. Uh, Jaden Jernigan, uh, Tyron Hopper, Harrison Mevis, Chris Abrams, Drain. Chad Bailey, um, out of all of these guys, who are you going to miss watching play the most? Oh, I, I, I can't say all of them. Um, I can't say all of them, but, you, you know, all of them, all of them. Really, give me, give, give me, yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead it and takes, say all it of takes them. A full, it, take, it takes a full team effort, but, you know, Tyron Hopper is such a good player. He's such a good linebacker. You know, he flies around, makes plays. We're all, of course, going to miss thicker kicker Harrison Mavis and, you know, just him possibly becoming the best kicker in Mizzou history with just the amount of, mm-hmm. you know, big game kicks that he's made. Chris Abrams' dream, it was fun to watch him, him and Ennis on both sides, man. It's, that's just two talented corners out there as well. And on the defensive side, you're just losing a lot of, you know, guys, guys that just come in like Niles Gaddy, you know, just rotates mm-hmm. in and just comes in and makes plays and, you know, provides stops on um, third downs, getting sacked and stuff. It's just always fun to watch. So, I mean, just to lose a lot of guys that made – big plays it you know it that's who that's who you're going to miss next year but you know it's it's football it's it's new beginnings every year roster turnover that stuff happens but you know going to miss these guys it made it a very very special season and one that kind of restored rejuvenated this program because it seems like they this program's kind of been in not what it once was for like a decade and mm-hmm. you know they kind of got mizzou put some pride back into mizzou football which is great for the University and the state of Missouri. 
Yeah. Uh, one other person I wanted to throw on that list, Realis George Jr. also oh, yeah. taken off. Um, yeah, I think I think you really said it best. It, it takes an effort, a team effort. Um, obviously, Mizzou is going to miss Tyron Hopper. Obviously, they're going to miss Chris Abrams Rain, an All-American cornerback. Obviously, Harrison Mevis. You can't replace the leading scorer in school history. It's and I will take this one. I will take this opportunity to say too, because he never does it himself. Thicker kicker. The original nickname, the thicker, came from Nate Edwards on Rock M Nation. No one's ever going to give him credit for that. He was the first person to say, that's our thicker. And then everybody else ran with it. And, you know, that's why Nate's the best in the business. Um, But, yeah, I think really when I look back on this season 10 years from now, one of the things that I'm going to remember the most is that defensive line and just how many guys chipped in. If it wasn't Jaden Jernigan, it was Rael George Jr. If it Mm -hmm. wasn't Johnny Walker, it was Niles Gaddy. If it wasn't Darius Robinson, it was someone else coming in and just wrecking shop. Every single one of those guys played at their at, played at their level all season, and I think it culminated in that game at Ohio State when they were just blowing up Ohio oh, State's my offensive line all the best night. And I mean, it personally, I think that might be where we see the biggest drop off in the defense next year is on that line because it's going to be hard to replace all of those guys. Josh Landry, there's another one that just came. To you're just going to mm-hmm. have to replace so many bodies and not just not just bodies, just guys that have that high level of intensity and talent. Um, Drinkwitz and Baker did a good job of bringing so many guys in that I, I think other schools saw as, you know, you're not going to be the star we thought you were going to be. So you just go um, you just go somewhere else. And drink was like, hey, you can play a job on this defense. And they together were bigger than the sum of their parts. And and I really think Mizzou is going to miss that next year. And I think we're going to miss watching all those guys come in. It's going to be hard to say bye to them. But yeah, anyway, so that's going to be our show for tonight. Unless Jaden, do you have any final thoughts? Not off the top of my head. I do not. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Well, that's going to be our show for today. Uh, As always, we really appreciate the downloads and subscriptions to rock M radios before the box score podcast. We especially appreciate the reviews with uh, five stars. But as Nate always says, we appreciate all types of feedback that y'all give us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Josh Magica. Uh, that's Jaden underscore Lewis 29. Jaden and Parker are continuing to cover the basketball team. So make sure that you're following all their work on Rock M Nation. Jaden will also continue to be watching football for us as we head towards spring ball and into the offseason. You can obviously also follow our flagship at Rock and Nation and our podcast outlet at Rock and Radio. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to be better next time. And as always, M-I-Z. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more, just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Beep. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and and read about it is a great great network full of really fantastic podcasts so look them up and subscribe uh to any and all of those podcasts uh 
Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.